Hello, I am Kim Pitzer, Superintendent of the Miami Trace Local School District. Welcome to another episode of the Panther Cast, where we discuss topics that make Panther Nation MT proud. In this episode, elementary computer technician Matt Gallimore sits down with Zach Coe, Miami Trace's maintenance supervisor, to discuss everything it takes to maintain a 133-acre campus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Miami Trace Panther Cast. I'm your host, Matt Gallimore, and today we are with our maintenance supervisor, Mr. Zach Coe. How's it going today? All right. So how long have you been with Miami Trace? 11 years. I started in January of 2011. Were we a unified district at that point? Were all the buildings on the same campus? They were on the same campus, but we did not have the new high school yet. The elementary, middle school, central office, everything else was here, but the the high school. New high school wasn't yet. So what did you do before you were at Miami Trace? I worked for high-tech electrical contractors. We wired commercial buildings and did some electrical work for DPNL. Gotcha. So I know that we have you here today, but we're also missing three of your employees. So what is your, who is your maintenance team comprised of? So underneath of me, I have Sean Rolfing. He's my right-hand man. And then there's Jordan Ralph. He's also a maintenance guy here. And then we have Troy Dunkel that does, uh, he doesn't really do a lot of maintenance. He does more groundskeeping and facility cleaning for the athletics. Sure. I'm sure with a district as large as what we have here at Miami Trace, it's nice to have three other employees to maintain the district. Yes, it's quite an undertaking sometimes. So I could yeah. believe it. So currently you're a maintenance supervisor. How long have you been in that role for? Since last July. So it'd be a little over a year. Yeah. So previous to that, what were you? Just a maintenance tech like the like Sean and Jordan are underneath of me right now. Just did routine maintenance on the buildings. So, What new responsibilities has becoming the maintenance supervisor brought? Quite a few, actually. So, you know, you, you deal with the bidding process. If there's any kind of construction work that needs to be done, I approve the uh, invoices for payment for numerous things across the district, whether it's uh, electrical or the utility bills or copier bills or all kinds of stuff. Internet. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's. Quite a, quite a bit different than what I was doing before. A lot but, more management aspect, lot of, and but yes. at the same time, I know that I still see you around, still performing some of that routine maintenance with the other guys as well. Yes, I've still got a hand in both. Yeah, yeah, got a hand in both. Yeah, so kind of a. A funny thing that we have here at Miami Trace, whenever the new high school was built, we had a pond put in that on the tech team we mm-hmm. refer to as the Panther Pond. Mm-hmm. But with that pond and being where we are geographically, we end up with quite the Canadian geese problem. Yes, it's been quite an issue. They make a disaster of the parking lots. The pond, not so much, but uh, we try to keep them out of here. So we came up with a little plan to uh, try to eradicate the geese. And so we bought a RC controlled boat and we just use it to scare the geese off the pond. It works quite well, actually. So I I know that I've seen, I've seen coyote decoys, floating lights. So it's, you wouldn't say that it's been an easy task. No, no, it's a trial and error for sure. But would you say that the RC car has been the most effective? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It it works rather well. They do not like it. So I know that there are significantly less geese mm-hmm. here yeah. in the last year. So, yeah, so last year there was a couple hundred of them and 
now we might see two or three a day. So we're the RC car saw moving in the right direction. Yeah. So getting back to the topic of maintenance, I know that between three buildings, we have quite a bit of square footage that you guys maintain. Do you know what number that is? Uh, well, between the three, uh, it's total building wise, we're looking at like 418,000 square feet. So quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things with that over 400,000 square foot that I'm sure a lot of people might not realize, but oh, that all has to be heated and cool. And I know I've seen the air handlers here before. So like on a home, you're used to having a unit that's outside and then just, you know, a blower inside that can fit in a closet. Ours are the size of school buses. <laughs> so the ones that are the size of school buses handle large common areas like your gymnasium, your cafeteria, hallways. And then some of them bring in fresh air to distribute through all the little heat pumps that are in all the closets. So yeah, from what little I know about HVAC systems and really maintenance in general, I do know that we have what's called a geothermal system here. And I think that's for efficiency, but how exactly does that work? So your geothermal, we have wells here. They go down on the ground. They're several hundred feet deep and they maintain pretty much a constant temperature year round of close to 60 degrees. So that helps in the summertime cooling. It's got a, all those heat pumps have a set of coils in them that uh, the fan blows across and it cools down the building in the, in the summertime. And then in the wintertime, obviously the outside air is colder. And so it helps to heat the air as well when it comes in. So yeah. it's a pretty efficient system. And do each of our buildings in referring to the high school, middle school and elementary, do each of those buildings have a geothermal systems? They are all geothermal. Yes. As yeah. well as our central office. The only buildings that are not are our learning center, our bus garage and our athletic facilities. So, so for the main part, everything, um, our, our biggest buildings are in for yes. geothermal. Another topic that you maintain would be some of our athletic facilities. The One of the big ones is the football field. We've recently transitioned from having natural grass to turf, which would seem like it would be less maintenance, but I know I still see you guys out there having to maintain that. What all goes into maintaining an artificial field? The first thing you have to do is you have to inspect the field for any tears or whatever in the turf. It's going to happen. I mean, you've got kids out there with cleats. They're playing it's just going to happen. So you inspect for that. If there's repairs that need to be made, then we contact the moats group. They come down and repair our field. We have to groom the field, which consists of we have a little sweeper that gets pulled behind a Kubota and we sweep up all the trash off the field. Then we follow it up with a groomer, which basically brooms the field back and forth and stands the grass or the artificial turf back up. So, so it looks like new again. So it still requires quite a bit of maintenance. It does. It's not as much as mowing, obviously, because that's weekly or sometimes bi-weekly, but it's it's still it's still time consuming to groom that field. So I'm sure working between the sports schedules as well can kind of be tough. With soccer and football both use that field. And then even in track season, you have people on that. So that's several seasons that you guys are having to maintain that. Yeah. Usually um, we, we can find a day though, they get out there when there's nobody there and get it done. So it, it, it only takes, you know, three or four hours at a time. So I know it always looks good. That is for sure. 
One of your department's biggest times of the year is the winter time. We have quite a bit of parking lots and roads here at the district. How do you guys prepare for winter? Well, all of the maintenance trucks have a plow on them. We have one large salt spreader that goes in the bed of one of them, and we try to make sure everything's ready to go when winter hits, and it can be very time-consuming when when we get dumped thrown by quite a bit of snow or ice. The ice is a big problem. So that's that's more time consuming trying to bust that up and get the salt down and make sure it's safe for everybody to get in and yeah. out and so it, and and last year with that ice storm that we had, how on average if we get two or three inches of snow, I know it's probably not the same every time. If we get two or three inches of snow on like a Friday afternoon, you guys are in here working on the weekends, getting that taken care of. So come Monday, we don't have a mess in a parking lot. How long does it generally take with a few inches of snow to get this campus clean? Usually it will take us just about all day. It'll take a full eight hour day to get this campus clean and sidewalks ready to go and Safe for everybody getting in to that ice storm mm-hmm. <laughs> that we had. I've I've been told that was several days trying to get that to chip up. I mean, it's just way different than just pushable snow. Yeah, it, it, that was a good two two and a half day project to get everything busted up and continue salting over top of it, and hopefully get a little help from the sun every once in a while to start melting things off. But. Yeah. Do you know roughly how many bags of salt you guys use, or how many pounds of salt you guys mm. use? So this year, I believe that we went through 10 pallets. So there's 50 bags on a pallet. (laughs) Quite quite the amount of salt. I I can imagine that it takes, I mean, a full crew. That's that's three trucks that you guys have, a salt spreader, as well as we have some side-by-side vehicles that have smaller plows for the sidewalks and including the custodial staff that goes out and shovels in front of doors, places where you can't get a vehicle. Correct. We also have a skid steer that we use. If the snow gets piled up to where we can't push it any farther, then we start moving it with the skid steer out of the way and relocating it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's a huge undertaking. It, it can be at times, yes. So in our district, I'm sure that there's general maintenance and uh, routine maintenance that you guys have to perform each month. I see you guys on... The lift trucks, uh, fixing lights in the parking lots. Do you guys have a schedule? Is there something like changing filters or anything that you guys do? Like kind of what does what is a regular month or even a regular day look like for your department? So we do have a set schedule for preventative maintenance items like uh, your your belts, your filters, greasing pulleys and all that kind of stuff. Regular day, that all depends on what fire pops up next. We don't really have a We have a list of work orders that get put in by the staff and we go through those day to day, whether it be working on lights or an outlet that's not working or door handle that might be loose or whatever that might be. But as far as day to day, there's really no set schedule. There are routine things, though, for preventative maintenance that happen. And, you know, whether it be every month or like I know Jordan goes through and checks the doors, exterior doors on all the buildings once a month to make sure that the hardware is in good shape, the hinges are fine, the closers are working properly. Um, Trying to do preventative maintenance. And then you have a system, you said, that staff are able to kind of get on and send you guys what issues they're having so you can investigate and repair if needed. Yeah, we use public school works so the staff can get on our website, put in a work order, it comes to me, and then I divide it up amongst our guys to whoever's 
best suited sure. for it. So yeah, that's great. What would you say that your your favorite and least favorite items to work on are? Oh, favorite? I don't know that I really have a favorite. <laughs> I would I I can tell you my least favorite is the toilets, urinals, <laughs> the restroom stuff is not always yeah. the best to work on. It is part of the job though. So favorite? I guess yeah, least I, annoying. <laughs> least annoying. I, I really, I really can't <laughs> yeah. think of anything. That's, I would think that coming from what you said in electrical background, I'm sure that doing lights or wiring is probably yeah, pretty comfortable. I mean, so. just yeah, light repair is is routine. Routine for me, yeah. So. That's great. Well, wrapping up here, do you guys have any projects that are ongoing right now, or anything notable to? I mean, any maintenance updates or upgrades? Mm, we are wrapping up a an HVAC upgrade, so that that should make a notable dis- difference in some of the areas in the buildings. We're putting in the ionization generators for germs and disease and all that, and upgrades to a few of them should be noticeable in different areas of the buildings. So. Yeah, I'm sure the maintenance never ends. So, well, closing out here, very important question. Have at it. You're being dropped off on a deserted island. Food and water are already there, but what three other items are you going to take with you? I am going to take a solar charger, a radio, because you've got to have some tunes, and a Traeger grill so I can set it and forget it. (laughs) Well, thanks a lot for coming in today. We greatly appreciate all that you do for the district, and we'll see you next time on the Panther Cast. All right. Thank you.